I'm David. This is Michael. Welcome to our show where we understand it's pedantic to scrutinize the minutiae of our favorite TV shows and movies, but stick with us while we banter, because while it's of no true consequence, still we endeavor to be precise about the classification of the genre when we ask, does it sci-fi though? And, and as always, we welcome your likes, subscribes, and Patreons. And today, we are looking at one of the classics of science fiction, uh, as is described, Star Wars. Yeah. So, uh, there was really no other way to start, start this podcast other than with Star Wars. Yeah. So today, Michael will be making the case for Star Wars as uh, you know, I run through our list of criteria. <laughs> so... Uh, Star Wars is a famous example of sci-fi. Uh, real quick, just run me through what are some of the immediate tropes that Star Wars has that pushed it into people's imaginations as sci-fi? Well, we always, we got the spaceships. You know, we got the X-Wing, we got the large star destroyers. You know, we got the lightsabers, you know, the, uh, the force. You know, all these things captured our imagination and uh, was really well presented in a nice adventure tale. Many times you see spaceships and aliens and fancy robots or droids in this case, yeah. people sci-fi. Sure, absolutely. But we've narrowed down our seven criteria for what we think a film needs to do and able to claim that it, it sci-fis. Right. So the first one is uh, one that we have a ton of answers to. So sci-fi has to have a rule change. It can't be the same kind of world that we're living in. There has to be things that change the rules. It could be natural rules in terms of how the physics works in this world. It could be societal or it could be technologic. What, what are our rule changes? Well, first we have the force, which mm -hmm. is probably the most distinct you know, thing that uh, Star Wars has that- mm -hmm. uh, Ends up being the most critical. And, and ultimately, yes. The, the most powerful thing in the, in the whole universe uh, and we, well, we also have you know the fact that it's set in the past in a, a galaxy far, far away, so it's nowhere near us and no, not in our time. Mm -hmm. You know, so we are dealing with several planets as well as you know large, you know political systems that uh, uh, is different and distinct from anything we have here. So uh, Star Wars definitely checks the boxes on rule changes, mm -hmm. but what's important is for that rule change has to lead us into the second criteria. There has to be a distinct event, and the rule, or one of the rule changes, has to be central to driving that distinct event. And that event has to happen in our show's universe, that could not happen in ours. So, if we had to try to narrow it down, what could the distinct event be? Well, the the main thing about the the world of Star Wars is the oppression of the Empire, especially in in the first in the first trilogy. Um, so, but the the main focus of, of the universe is the force. You know, that's probably the strongest uh, thing that's going on in, in, the, in the universe, but um, it's not really central to um, the empire. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's secondary, it's, it's, on, it's on the periphery. Right. And so it doesn't really provide a lot of conflict. Yeah. You know, much in, it's more a, a journey of discovery than it is that of one uh, of drama. You yeah. know. Now, you can make the argument in the prequel trilogy that the powers given to uh, the Sith through the Force is what enables them to set up the Empire. Right. But we don't come there for a long time. We don't even get that, yeah, in the first trilogy. Probably our best source of a distinct event in A New Hope would be um, seeing Vader 
uh, really wield his power, you know, to be a dictator. Right. Uh, a mu- when it, whenever he boards the rebel ship, and you know, whenever he's you know at his board meeting. Right. Yeah, he easily recognizes the the most powerful person in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, and he impresses in ways that uh, we can't in our universe. Right. And we're learning about the the powers that he possesses. You know, as as we meet and, and experience what he's doing. So, if we continue from the distinct event to the conflict fuel, in sci-fi, the thing that drives our hero and that is the uh, source of our struggle has to be tied to that distinct event and has to really utilize the rule change in mm-hmm. order for it to be, uh, you know, special in sci-fi. Uh, what's the closest thing we have to conflict fuel here? Well, the the force is really something that Luke is discovering, you know, on his path to become a hero and a Jedi, you know, but it doesn't really drive, you know, our conflict, you know, it's more of a, of a rescue mission. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes, you know, a battle, you know, to fight the Death Star, mm-hmm. you know, which only at the very end does he actually use the force right. to defeat the Death Star. But anyone could have done, you know, what he yeah. did. It was more of a tool. Right, yeah. But not the not the critical component. Right. We, we have seen other, we saw other pilots try and fail. Mm-hmm. Use the force, Luke. Let go. Yeah. Assem- he- assembling that squadron of fighters and making the assault on the Death Star was not purely driven by the force. No, n- nothing about the the force was really in present in the battle until the very very last second. Mm-hmm. And w- when Vader shows up and we get the little conflict there. Right. You could say that we have a little bit more conflict fuel that eventually happens later mm-hmm. when in Empire Strikes Back, Luke starts to feel this responsibility that uh, the only way the Empire can be stopped is if Vader can be stopped. Right and I'm the one that's responsible for it. Right. And then the force becomes, you know, I have to do it because I have access to the force and only I can stop him because he has access to the force. We get a we get that little bit later. It doesn't really come until Empire though. Right. And it, really the 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 shift or the focus shifts to more of a redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, you know, pure adventure and and discovery. You know, we we're kind of discovering the world in the first uh episode. Uh, but as we learn more about the world, you know, it's more about redemption uh, of the, the characters that uh, we met in earlier. Which brings us to the fourth part of our criteria, the human problem. So the struggle that we fight and the battle that we fight really has to be internal right. for our hero. It has to be a battle that they're fighting in their heart or a battle that they're fighting in their mind. Right. Uh, so redemption's part of the human problem here. Mm-hmm. It's It's... More at best, we could describe you know Luke's battle with the dark side, mm-hmm. you know to you know resisting temptation, resist temptation, you know not giving in to his fears, you know or uh, letting those emotions rule his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know we you know as we move to the earlier tr- uh, prequels that uh, we we meet Anakin and you know he struggles with the same thing, you know where he's using his emotions to uh, drive his actions. And uh, not, you know, coming to decisions through, you know, peaceful, you know, coexistence with the Forks. You mm-hmm. know, the the quiet mind is the is the the focus of the Jedi, and not the not the Sith. The Sith is uh, use your emotions. They're they're power. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is the the 
the best conflict fuel that we have, you know, but it doesn't really drive the, especially the initial trilogy. Right. Because really what's driving our hero is he's on the hero's journey. That's right. Which Lucas very intentionally talks about. He used that part of his playbook mm. that we start very early on. Uh, we get a literal call to adventure. You know, he's on the moisture farm and there's something that beckons him to go and right. he gladly goes. He crosses a threshold that's like a point of no return. Right. And he's off and out and in the wider world that he's, you know, exploring and discovering and growing with. He gets a mentor. He has, you know, conflict. He goes through a low point. There's a transformation. Uh, you know, Luke goes through atonement, but really he seeks atonement for his father. Right. Uh, eventually in the, you know, in, in Empire. Much, later, much later on. And then yeah. in the Return of the Jedi. And uh, then we eventually get, you know, his return home, the hero's journey complete. He's accomplished his quest and he's grown from, uh, you know, a child into a man. And right. he has all these ideals. Yeah, classic adventure story stuff, not, right. not necessarily science fiction. But that really leads us to the next part, the mirror. Right. So for sci-fi, whatever the struggle our hero goes through in the viewer, our personal lives, we have our own struggles that are going with and we want the hero to be representative of us the hero struggle to be representative of our struggles right and so we have some broad brush strokes here right we're dealing with the you know archetypes that fall from world war ii mm -hmm. you know the empire you know is basically germany you yeah. know and you know all our heroes you know are merely rising up to fight against oppression right you know and the oppression being tyranny Mm -hmm. You know, so it's not even social oppression. You know, it's, it's merely, you know, forcible uh, re yeah. restrictions, you know. Democracy versus dictatorship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just our system versus your system. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the right way is freedom. And we get yeah. some elements from Lucas because he really sought out for, you know, the bad guys are bad and the good guys are good. Mm -hmm. And he wanted the good guys to be role models because this was a, these were movies for kids. Yeah, yeah. And so he, young kids, yeah, young kids. And so he wanted to only portray positive things in his characters. And so he wanted, you know, a little kid looking at it and you know being in a hard situation, you know, a a moral quandary. Mm. Do you do what's right or do you do what's wrong? Right. And he's like, you know, be courageous and do the right thing. Do the right thing. Yeah. But they're pretty broad brushstrokes. Yeah. We get a little bit in terms of role models. Right. We don't have a lot of, you know, choices that the characters even have to make, you mm -hmm. know. Most of the the paths that they choose, you know, are not hard choices for mm -hmm. them, to, you know. Right. There's there's not a lot of, you know, ifs ends or, you know, sitting back and, you know, thinking about what I what I need to do here. You know, it's pretty straightforward stuff. You know, so just be like, you know, Luke or be like Han, you know, just be a hero, you know. And so the the what if question is also very light here. All the interesting questions that we walk away wondering are all just what if I was in this world? But they're not the other way. It's they're not because of this world, what what would I do in my life? Right. It's what if I was a Jedi? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. Or what if I had a lightsaber? What, yeah. if, what if I had force powers? That would know? be neat. That would be really cool. <laughs> and that would be really, really exciting. And so we dream about these. Yeah. You know, we got the action figures. Right. So there's yeah. some what if questions, but it's kind of backwards. We're asking what if we were in the story, right. not uh, because of the story. Like, what what would I do differently in my life? Yeah. How, how does this affect me now? Is you know, it's more an escape, you know, an adventure, mm -hmm. you know, the, the journey uh, of discovery, you know. Yeah. And because they're not asking any big what-if questions, there's also no examined ideal. Mm -hmm. Because 
when there's a moral quandary in sci-fi, the examined ideal is an opportunity for them to, uh, for the author to propose a solution, right. to, to give you hope that there is a right way and you could try this. From this perspective, you know, you can see, you know, as I've laid it out, that the best choice is this, you know, this, this would be a solution, you know, if everything, if everyone cooperated type of thing. But yeah, we're, we're strictly on a good versus evil path here. The, the oppressor versus, you know, those who seek to be, uh, you know, unch unchained. So does it sci-fi though? Uh, in a hard sense, no. Yeah. You know, it, it, at the very best, you know, the softest, the softest sense, because it's, you know, just a space opera. As Lucas himself, you know, he never claimed that this was science fiction. So I went off and wrote my own space opera uh, and um, developed the story. And, you know, he, he would call it, you know, fantasy, you know, and a space opera on several occasions in official Star Wars, you know, mem you know publications. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. We're, was there on the rule change? But it's like each criteria we go to after that, we get farther and farther away mm -hmm. as we go down. You know, the hero's journey in this fantasy universe, right. instead of going down, uh, you know, this examination of uh, moral quandary in our society, in yeah. our society and sci-fi. Uh, but you know, all movies and all shows have different layers, and so there's certainly some minor sci-fi themes, and we get some light moments where we get some of those things that we reference, but. Ultimately, we said, when you ask the question, does it sci-fi, it's an intentional thing. And mm -hmm. Lucas clearly did not set this up for its main purpose to be, you know, sci-fi analysis. Yeah, the underpinnings of all of the storytelling doesn't revolve around, you know, the sci-fi ideals. It, it revolves around, you know, the, the fantasy ideals and the hero's, you know, adventure. Yeah. And, you know, the our answers to the question would be different if we talked more in depth about the sequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy, mm -hmm. the animation, uh, Clone Wars, Rebels, Mandalorian, and maybe we will address those in the future. Right. Uh, what would be your rating of Star Wars movies? Well, Star Wars, as a, as a rating, I would give it 17 stars. Out of? 25. So it's still really high up there. It's still good. It's a yeah. good show. You've enjoyed it. And you've kept with it. That's right. I've bought in early and, you know, I'm, I'm still all in. Yeah. Yeah. I would give it three fingers. Well, three fingers. Still out. a solid rating. I, I enjoy it. I don't love it. Mm -hmm. Star Wars wouldn't be my very favorite, but uh, I've seen every movie. I've seen uh, every TV show. Every and, incarnation. Uh, I've seen everything. Yeah. And, you know, many of them, I saw them, you know, on release day. Right. So I'm clearly invested in this universe. I enjoy it. But uh, saying it's not sci-fi isn't a detriment to its quality. Mm -hmm. It's just a divergence of its purpose. Right. It does something else. It doesn't have the depth of mm -hmm. you know a, a true sci-fi. It's a, but it is a good adventure. Right, and mm -hmm. I, I enjoy it for its fantasy nature. Right. Thanks for sticking with us through the show. While our opinions don't matter, your like, subscribes, and Patreon support does. Remember to keep asking the question: Does it sci-fi though?